My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Mmm, oh, God, you have great questions. Again, who in the hell writes these questions? I know you do, but my God, these are great. Um, wow. Uh, I thought this was going to be an easy question. Usually you get to the last question. It's like, just take it home. Um, that is a really good question. So, Hello and welcome to Tiny Giants, the creator economy show where the focus is on career over celebrity. This is the show where I reach past social media stardom to focus on the careers and market trends that make the creator economy just that, an economy. We do this by highlighting and uplifting niche-specific creators that the uninitiated doesn't necessarily have a concept of or full appreciation for, or as we like to call them, tiny giants. You ready? Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Tiny Giants. I am your host, T. Adela, your favorite former 400 pounder getting you fit on all things creator economy. So today's Tuesday. That means no guests, just me holding it down solo dolo. So how today's episode is going to run, it's going to be four segments. The first, I'm going to bring you some news and, you know, discussion points and topics I think should be on your radar, followed by our MarTech moment. Then we're going to take a short commercial break to pay them bills. Then when we get back, we're going to do our creators crushing it segment, followed by our fourth and final segment, our parental perspective. So that's how it's going to go. We're going to have our news of the day, our discussion point, followed by our MarTech moment, followed by creators crushing it. And we're going to end with our parental perspective. So today, what I want to discuss and open up with is a bit of research from Pew from back in August of 2022. So so not piping hot, but still pretty fresh off the presses. And the name of the article is Teens, Social Media and Technology 2022. And the subtitle is TikTok has established itself as one of the top online platforms for U.S. teens, while the share of teens who use Facebook has fallen sharply. And then sort of the very first stat that it opens up with is a chart that's titled since 2014-15, TikTok has risen, Facebook usage has dropped, Instagram, Snapchat have grown. And what I find very interesting about not only this chart, but the the title and the subtitle as well, is that 
The title and the subtitle don't mention YouTube at all. However, it's very clear from this individual chart, as well as the article as a whole, that YouTube is the undisputed champ of teen social media usage. And for me anyway, this is less of a story about the rise of TikTok or the fall of Facebook, but about the dominance of YouTube. And this is very, very interesting and very peculiar from my perspective, why Pew would approach the research from that angle versus just touting the undisputed heavyweight dominance of YouTube. They open with Facebook then fell off and TikTok has risen. And I have a hypothesis about this because something that I talk about often I observed and I've observed this for a while now is that when it comes to video format, people sort of get befuddled by the format. And what I mean by that is that mass media has trained us all that when I see a piece of video content, that means you are either going to entertain me or you are going to inform me. And if you're really good at what you do, you're going to do both at the same time, right? There's a term for it. It's called edutainment. And so because YouTube is primarily a video platform, people sort of view it as TV, even though it's not because YouTube is a search engine. It is the world's second largest search engine behind its parent company, Google. And so YouTube, more than any other platform, is sort of the Swiss army knife of platforms because it's part TV, part search engine, part social media platform, and the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, which is why very interestingly, um, this chart, which I'll describe to you, and I'll be sure to link up in the show notes back when Pew Research did this study way back in 2014, 2015, YouTube wasn't on the chart at all right? No YouTube on the first iteration. So the first iteration back in 2014, 2015, and this chart shows the percentage of US teens who say they've ever used any of the following social apps or sites. Facebook is sitting number one at 71%. Instagram is at 52%. Snapchat is at 41%. Twitter is at 33%. And Tumblr is at 14%. And again, this is the percentage of U.S. teens who say they have ever used any of the sites or apps. Fast forward to 2022, YouTube is sitting pretty at the top of the pile at 95%. I'm going to say that again. 95% of U.S. teens say they have ever used YouTube. Coming in number two is another one that wasn't on the original chart, TikTok. So TikTok has stormed in at 67%, followed by Instagram. So Instagram has risen from 52% to 62%. So 10 percentage points since 2014, 2015 to 2022, followed by Snapchat, which is also another big gainer from the first study. Snapchat has risen from 59% from 41%. Twitter has taken a tumble. So 2014, 2015, Twitter was at 33%. Now Twitter is at 23%, followed by some newcomers, including Twitch at 20%. WhatsApp at 17% and Reddit at 14%. And then last is Tumblr, who fell from 14% in 2014, 2015 to 5% in 2022. But by far the most precipitous fall has been Facebook 
from 71% in 2014, 2015 to 32% in 2022. So almost 40 points, 39 percentage points were lost by Facebook in those years. And it's not new information that, you know, Facebook has really been a victim of its own success in terms of demographics, because as it succeeded in bringing on older demographics, young people ran for the hills. Right. Because, I mean, think about it. If you're a teenager and your grandma is on Facebook, party's over. Right. We got to go somewhere else. And that's largely what we've seen. But again, more than the precipitous fall of Facebook and how TikTok has undoubtedly stormed onto the scene for me, my personal bent, my personal bias. This is a story of YouTube's dominance. And it is just very, very curious to me why more people aren't on the YouTube bandwagon. So a quick excerpt from the article says that, quote, there are some notable demographic differences in teen social media choices. For example, Teen boys are more likely than teen girls to say they use YouTube, Twitch, and Reddit, whereas teen girls are more likely than teen boys to use TikTok, Instagram, and Snapchat. In addition, higher shares of Black and Hispanic teens report using TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and WhatsApp compared to white teens. And then the next chart says about one in five teens say they use YouTube almost constantly. Right. So they have a percentage of teens who say they have ever used an app versus the percentage of teens who say they use it almost constantly. And so while 95 percent say they've ever used YouTube, 19 percent, almost 20 percent say they are on it almost constantly. And for TikTok, that's about 16 percent. say they use it almost constantly. Instagram is about 10 percent. say they use it almost constantly, followed by 15 percent for Snapchat and two. 2% of teens say they use Facebook almost constantly. So a lot of ground lost there. And then it goes on to say, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to link it up for you in the show notes because it's a, it's a rather lengthy article, but I definitely think it's worth the read. But just some quick excerpts that I'm going to pull out for you. When reflecting on the amount of time they spend on social media, generally, a majority of U.S. teens, 55 percent, say they spend about the right amount of time on these apps and sites, while about a third of teens, 36 percent, say they spend too much time on social media. And just eight percent of teens think they spend too little time on these platforms. And not to sound like the the dismissive parent that I try not to be, but it's one of those things that if you ask a child about how much chocolate they should eat right, or how much candy is good for them, they're probably going to say, oh, that's not too much candy. You know what I mean? And so it's the same with social media. You kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. So not not to be completely dismissive of it, but I I am dubious of this finding because, you know, if you ask alcoholic whether or not they drink too much. They're almost always going to say no, right? <laughs> it's part of the condition. So anyway, the article goes on to ask uh, about the idea of giving up social media, it says that 54% of teens say it will be at least somewhat hard to give it up, while 46% say that it will be at least somewhat easy. Teen girls are more likely than teen boys to express it will be difficult to give up social media, 58% versus 49%. Conversely, a quarter of teen boys say giving up social media will be very easy, while 15% of teen girls say the same. 
older teens say they would have difficulty giving up social media. About six in 10 teens ages 15 to 17, 58% say giving up social media will be at least somewhat difficult to do. A smaller share of teens 13 to 14 years old, 48% say that it will be difficult. Like I said, not going to go through the whole thing, but those are just some excerpts, some some top line things that really jumped out to me about this survey. And of course, we see some data that breaks down across the wealth gap and along racial lines. So black Hispanic teens are more likely than white teens to say that they are almost constantly on TikTok, YouTube and Instagram. So no surprises there. So take some time, go through this, let this marinate, because too often or at least in my perspective, too often when we talk about their creator economy, the conversation almost inevitably veers towards Instagram and TikTok. And rightfully so, because they're they're high up on the list, right? They're certainly not slouches when it comes to the teen population. However, the undisputed heavyweight champ for social media platforms among teens is none other than YouTube, right? So why are we always talking about TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram when YouTube is at the top of the hill. I I find that very strange. And so with all of that serving as a foundation, you might notice that in this show, we actually do not have a TikTok or a Snapchat. And it's not that those platforms are unimportant, but as of this recording, I'm a one man band. I'm a one man show. I produce this podcast by myself. I find the guests. I edit the shows. I schedule it. I do all the social media. I do all of that by myself. And so there are only so many social media platforms that I can do with a degree of competency and excellence. And so I simply can't be everywhere at once. And so because I have to make sure I'm getting the most juice for the squeeze in terms of my efficiency, when it came time to choose which social media platforms I was going to be on, I chose YouTube, thanks in large part to the research that I've studied. Now, when I grow the show and I'm able to bring on a social media manager and some teammates, I will venture into TikTok and Snapchat. Of course, I'm not saying to ignore those platforms. I'm just saying for me, for my own strategic decision making, YouTube by far gave the most juice for the squeeze. And so that's what I chose. And if I'm telling the whole truth A lot of it had to do with um, the integrations for the social media management platform that I'm using. And so this dovetails nicely into today's MarTech moment, which is going to be Lately.ai. Now it's time for our MarTech moment segment. So MarTech is just an umbrella term that stands for marketing technology, and it's all of the technology used to achieve marketing objectives. So Facebook ads, Google ads, email marketing, uh, location for Foursquare, that all falls under the umbrella of MarTech. So the whole, whole truth of why I'm not launching with TikTok or Snapchat is that um, for my social media management posts, I'm using a tool called Lately.ai. 
And Lately.ai, as of right now, does not have a TikTok or Snapchat integration. So there's that. (laughs) And so basically, I only have profiles for the platforms that Lately.ai will integrate with. But Lately.ai uses artificial intelligence, AI, to generate high engaging content in your unique brand voice that is customized to any target audience. So how it works is that Lately helps humans write better marketing content in collaboration with artificial intelligence software automation. That collaboration part is key as it's the basis of everything that they do. So each time your brain hears a new song, it automatically accesses every song you've ever heard. Your brain then looks for similar touch points in order to index the new song in your memory banks. Every voice has a frequency, like a musical note. When you read text, you hear that voice inside your head. Like a rock and roll DJ, it's the writer's job to give you familiar touch points in order to sell you something new. Lately's AI studies similar touch points in order to create a writing model and then applies this writing model to transform long form content into something new. And so, yeah, that's what I use for the show. And I take my podcast, the videos that I generate using the uh, Creators Crushing It segment, pop them into Lately.ai, and it very, very quickly spits out tweets, LinkedIn posts, uh, Instagram posts, audiograms, does this very, and it does this very, very quickly, right? So that is today's MarkTech moment, Lately.ai. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Welcome back to another segment of Creators Crushing It, where I do a high level, quick, dirty analysis of a tiny giant's profile whom, as the name would imply, is crushing it. So today we are going to do Mr. Jeff Cavalier, better known as Athlean X. So as I announced at the beginning of every show, I used to weigh 400 pounds. <laughs> and now um, as of this recording, I'm hovering right around 270, 275. I've gone up a little bit since the holidays, but I did get down. My lowest was um, from 400 to about 260. So um, don't worry. I'm going to start cutting here. Come, you know, probably right around into January, beginning of February. I'm going to go on another cut. Um, the goal weight for those who are curious is 210. Um, that's what I wrestled at in high school. I wrestled heavyweight in high school at 210. And actually, my goal was to get back down to my wrestling weight of 210 pounds by my high school reunion, my 20 year high school reunion, which was this past July. That didn't happen. 
but I still lost a lot of weight. Looked very good. Went to the high school reunion, had a very good time. And uh, Mr. Cavalier, Athlete X, has been part of this uh, journey because I really started my fitness journey right around 2020, um, right as everything was starting to jump off. So I took the opportunity or everybody was locked down to get in shape, hop on that treadmill. So this uh, channel started December 16th, 2006. So as of this recording, about 17 years ago, and in 17 years, Athlete X has accumulated 13.1 million subscribers, right? So 13 million 100,000 subscribers, and they have generated, look look at this, y'all, 2 billion, that's billion with a B, 2 billion, 220 million, 156 views on YouTube. And this is just on YouTube. I'm only doing YouTube right now. And so for the uninitiated, YouTube will pay you anywhere from three to five dollars per thousand views that you generate. And so if we just go on the very high level, all of the all time views that this channel has generated two billion. 220 million, 760,000 views. If we take that number and let's split the difference and say $4, he was paid $4 per thousand views because that's the basis that YouTube pays. They per they pay per mil or per, per thousand views. I can't talk right now, but um, that means these views that this channel has generated over the li- over the last 17 years, the 2,220,760,000 views, he has been paid 8,883,040, right? 8,883,040 is what all of these views are worth at a $4 CPM. So if we hop on over to the videos, as of right now, he's putting out about one video a week, but he averages, it goes up and it goes down, but he averages about one to two videos a week. And each video averages about 409,000 views. So each video is averaging about 409,000 views, which is worth $1,636. So on average, he's making $1,636 per video and he's putting out one to two videos a week. So on average for the last month, he's making about 10 grand a month from these videos. Now, again, this is just from the video views. He's a professional trainer. He used to work for a professional baseball um, organization. And now he, you know, he does his Athlete X. And he also, if we hop on over to athletex.com, he has a lot of things going on, right? So he sells supplements. He sells training programs. He also sells a little bit of merch and gym equipment. And then he also has his um, professional training that he does for professional athletes because he has his own uh, studio. He has his own gym. So Again, this is going to be quick, dirty. I'm not going to do an in-depth analysis and conversion rate optimization, all that. This is just designed to give you an idea of what this person brings home as a fitness influencer. And each niche is specific to the business model. But like I said, just based off of the views that he has on his YouTube channel, using the YouTube channel as a base, 
He makes about $10,000 a month. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to apply multipliers for each of the additional revenue streams that I'm aware of. I'm sure that he has revenue shares, revenue streams rather that I'm not even aware of. But for the revenue streams that I'm aware of for his fitness programs, I'm going to apply a 3x multiplier. For the supplements, I'm going to apply a 7x multiplier because supplements sell pretty well. For his merchandise, I'm going to apply a 2x multiplier. And for his training, I'm going to apply a 10x multiplier. Because again, when you're talking about someone who used to work for a professional baseball organization, he has the clout, he has the reputation, he has the resume to charge upwards of $10,000 per session. And professional athletes, will pay that. <laughs> so that $10,000 a session is, is not out of the realm of possibility. So at a base of $10,000 a month from his YouTube channel, I'm going to apply a 22X multiplier, right? Because I got a 10X just from him uh, training professional um, athletes, then another 2X from the merch, 7X from the supplements and 3X for the programs. That's a 22X multiplier. So $10,000 a month times 22 is $220,000 conservatively. Because again, I have no idea what this man makes from his other revenue streams. I'm just, again, high level, quick, dirty analysis of, you know, what I see from the channel on average, but on average, he's been putting out one to two videos a week with an average of 409,000 views. That's going to pay him 1600 bucks per video at around $10,000 a month. That much I know for sure. Right. That much I know just from looking at the, the, the YouTube channel. So yeah, Mr. Cavalier has helped a lot of people. He's doing very well for himself. So I'm going to say at a minimum, he's bringing in around not quite a quarter million dollars a month, which ain't shabby. Um, so yeah, again, this is high level, quick, dirty, just based on what I see in the different revenue streams that I see, um, from going through his site, but yeah, conservatively, um, he ain't hurting and he's doing quite well for himself. So our creator crushing it for this week is Athlete X at 13,100,000 subscribers. So today's parental perspective is simple. It's the title of the episode, YouTube for the win. Don't get befuddled by the format. And again, it's not your fault. If you're listening to this, I'm not trying to be condescending or come down on you. I understand why you view and ingest video the way that you do, because, again, we've all, myself included, have been trained by mass media that when we see a piece of video content, that means you are either going to entertain me or you are going to inform me. So I do not blame you for not viewing YouTube through the lens of social media or search engine optimization or the several other, you know, Swiss army knife functions that video serves. I get it. I understand that. However, it is my job to advance your digital literacy and advance your digital maturity. And I want you to go beyond thinking about entertainment or information and start thinking about social media and search engine optimization, which I'll talk about search engine optimization a little bit later in the show on a different episode. But yeah, 
that's it, man. YouTube for the win. It is by far the dominant social media platform among teens and in general. But because people get befuddled by the format, a lot of people don't actually think about it in those terms. But because you listen to the show, now you do. And so that does it for this episode. Please hit the star button on whatever podcast platform you listen to this episode on. We would love a rating and review. And until next time, be easy. Tiny Giants is an audio companion to and the first chapter of my first book, Beyond Buzzwords. Social media, mobile, and other marketing buzzwords ain't the half of it. Available on Amazon. If you enjoyed this podcast, chances are good you'll like the book too. I'm proud to say that while the book has aged, it's not dated. Sure, some examples could be freshened up, but strategically, it's as rock solid as the day it was written. Not every author can say that. I encourage you to pick it up and leave me a rating and review. It really helps. I have like one rating on that book from my mom because she loves me. And I'm positive that you'll love it too. Head on over to tinygiants.tech for more episodes and whatever else I have going on. While you're there, leave me a voicemail with your question, comment, or feedback for improvement. I may play that voice recording on a future episode as I answer your question or address your concern. If you, your company, or school needs help with college, career, and creator readiness strategy or to book me to speak, drop me a line at t at tinygiants.tech. If you or someone you know is doing big things in small or not so small niches, or as we like to call them, tiny giants, and they will make a great guest for the show, email me at t at tinygiants.tech. Thanks for listening. And remember, you get big by going small, but to prioritize career over celebrity. But no matter what you choose, know that I'm rooting for you. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.